Welcome to another episode of Tether to the Cross. How's everybody doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm Anthony. We have my man Sam with us here today. What's up? We're back in the uh, recording studio. <laughs> our, our our recording studio, like which is the back nursery room of the church. Um, but we're here again with another episode of Tether to the Cross. Today, our episode. We'll be talking about the cross, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, as usual, we want to begin with a reading of scripture. So I'll be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to start at verse 1. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I'll be picking up in 1 Corinthians 15, um, verses 1 through 5. Uh, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain... For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Beautiful, beautiful verses talking about our Christ being crucified also, I have a reading from uh, Charles Spurgeon. This my wife pointed out to me this morning. Um, she had this read. It was appropriate for today because today is April 11th. So this is the reading for April 11th. Um, the verse that he has up here is, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. And that is from Psalm 22, verse 14. And it says, did the earth or heaven ever witness a sadder spectacle than this? In soul and body, our Lord felt himself to be weak as water poured out upon the ground. The placing of the cross in its socket had shaken him with great violence, had strained all the ligaments, pained every nerve, and more or less dislocated all his bones. Burdened by his own weight, the impressive sufferer felt the strain increasing every moment of those six long hours. His sense of faintness and general weakness were overpowering, and he felt himself to be nothing but a mass of misery and swooning sickness. When Daniel saw the great vision, he describes his sensations in this way, quote, No strength was left in me, my radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. That is from Daniel 10.8. How much more devastating must it have been for Jesus when he saw the dreadful vision of the wrath of God and felt it in his own soul. Sensations that our Lord endured we could not have faced and unconsciousness would have had to come to our rescue. In his case, he was wounded and felt the sword. He drained the cup and tasted every drop. Mm. O king of grief, a title strange but true, to thee of all kings only do. O king of wounds, how shall I grieve for thee, who in all grief savest me? As we kneel before our ascended Savior's throne, let us carefully remember the way by which he prepared it 
as a throne of grace for us. Let us in spirit drink of his cup that we may be strengthened for our hour of heaviness whenever it may come. In his natural body every member suffered and so must it be in the spiritual. Just as out of all his griefs and woes his body emerged uninjured to glory and power, similarly his mystical body will come through the furnace with not so much as the smell of smoke upon it. That's pretty good. That's fire. That's Spurgeon. Ooh. Spurgeon always hitting with coming with that fire. You can't you cannot <laughs> talk about the cross. You can't you go wrong. talk about theology without without Charles Spurgeon. Exactly. I mean even if you don't know who quoted it, you could always you could always just say it was Spurgeon. You know? right. <laughs> that would be lying. <laughs> uh, he's uh, dead. Yeah. But um <laughs> That's a good way to dismiss it. He's dead. Anyway. Yeah, making excuses. He's Anyway, so why talk about the cross? I mean, Easter has passed. We, you know, we've we've talked, you know, Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. Talk about the glorious resurrection, which is, you know, is vital to our belief in Christianity. It's wonderful. It's joyous. Uh, Our hope is in the resurrection of Christ. You know, we would be fools um, to believe in such a gospel if Christ was not raised from the dead. Um, But why talk about the cross of Christ. Galatians six fourteen says, "But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world." Mm. Now we we have nothing of ourselves that we can boast in, but Christ and Him crucified. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's no obviously there's no amount of work we you know we do. There's nothing we can do to earn God's favor. There's nothing we can do to obtain a righteousness and a salvation on our own. It was the complete work of Christ on the cross. And and the cross of Jesus Christ, it really is the most important event in history. And and what goes with that, obviously, is the resurrection of Christ, Mm -hmm. too. So Matthew Henry... um, has said something awesome, uh, specifically of the cross. He says, Come and see the victories of the cross. Christ's wounds are thy healings, his agonies thy repose, his conflicts thy conquests, his groans thy songs, his pains thy ease, his shame thy glory, his death thy life, his sufferings thy salvation. Mm-hmm. So it, it's literally impossible for us to even overemphasize the importance of the cross the centrality of the cross and that's why we've named this show tethered to to the the cross cross, that we would be so tethered wrapped up connected to the cross of christ um that we we may boast in nothing else but christ and christ alone and his work alone amen i know for me i was most of my insights, I'm going to tell the truth, have come from this book that I've been reading by J.C. Ryle, The Cross. Mm. I mean, I've been reading it, and the, the first few chapters, and going back to what you said about Galatians 6.14, J.C. Ryle writes here, he says, Now, what did Paul mean by this, by what he said in Galatians 6.14, you know, that no, he should know why glory, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, what did Paul mean by this? He meant... To declare strongly that he trusted in nothing but Jesus Christ crucified for the pardon of his sins and the salvation of his soul. Mm-hmm. Let others, 
if they would, look elsewhere for salvation. Let others, if they were so disposed, trust in other things for pardon and peace. But for his part, the apostle was determined to rest on nothing, lean on nothing, build his hope on nothing, place confidence in nothing, and glory in nothing except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that I believe that's something that every Christian should live by. I mean, yeah. that is how we enter into Christianity in the first place. And, you know, of course, subsequently the, the resurrection. But it is how we come to him. Well, I mean, he came to us. You know, he, God himself put on flesh and walked among us and tabernacled among us, lived the righteous life, you know, fulfilled all righteousness. And then after fulfilling all righteousness was gave himself over to sinful men to you know to the to the Gentiles by the Jews and was crucified mm -hmm. and some people overlooked I mean the crucifixion is not um, you know the cross is not a a, a, a a magical amulet of protection you know <coughs> as my Roman Catholic upbringing <laughs> taught, taught me <laughs> so it's it's our entry into fellowship with God is is God reconciling himself his people again and there is shadows and types of it in the Old Testament when we read in, in in Exodus and Deuteronomy and how the sacrificial system was set up with the with the um, with the sacrifices of the lambs and that was a picture of Christ being crucified you know back then and even in all the way to Genesis Genesis 3:15. You know, when Christ, when God said that the serpent's head would be crushed and the, you know, the serpent, suffering servant would bruise head, blah, can't get the words out. His heel would be bruised. So we see the shadows and types in the Old Testament and then God fulfills what he showed those in the Old Testament in Christ through him being crucified. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, the, the cross is vital yeah I, I think it's very vital and ryle makes a good point in the cross of christ he he asks the question what do you think about the cross of christ mm. and he goes on to say the question may be one that you consider of little importance but it deeply concerns the everlasting wel welfare of your soul because mm -hmm. the, there's nothing that saves us apart from the work of christ and what he's accomplished on the cross you know he lived the perfect sinless life he died the perfect sinless death and he rose mm -hmm. victorious there's no other means of salvation right. there's no other bridge to reconcile us to god but through the cross of christ of his right. his perfect sacrifice his shed blood um it is it is evident or evident it is most Excuse important me. that we still recovering from taco bus think on these things <laughs> sorry um other than taco bus <laughs> sorry um, christ suffered more than your stomach yes indeed um, anthony <laughs> you know god forbid that i should glory save in the cross of our lord jesus christ there's nothing else that we could glory in um as Paul says, but the work of Christ. Uh, Christ is most glorious. Christ is most beautiful. Um, mm. And it, it's literally impossible to 
uh, overemphasize the cross. You know, it's it's our salvation, our hope, our our status in Christ, and it's all tied into the cross. Um, you know, Christ completed His work. He uh, obviously to the glory of God first and foremost, mm-hmm. um, and accomplishing He accomplished all that was necessary for the redemption of sinners. Right. He um, lived. He lived the righteous life. Mm-hmm. He died the death that we deserved. You know, because on the cross he bore the wrath of God, like it says in Second Corinthians five twenty one. For our sake, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. So that there, therein is is a powerful thing. Like I said, it's through the cross that we we by the gra- through the cross by the grace of God, because it is something that we realize we don't deserve because how how it works is the law of God, which is the Ten Commandments we understand, is what drives us to the cross. Or like uh, Adam said this morning, it's it's like the Red Bull that gives us wings so that we fly <laughs> we fly to the cross. Because when we when we're when we hear the law of God and realize there's no way in and of ourselves that we can possibly obey the law of God perfectly like um also like the uh, rich young ruler who came to Christ and said what must I do to inherit eternal life eternal eternal life eternal life um and he said you know he kept the law he said I honor my mother and father all that I'm just paraphrasing and Christ said you you lack one thing sell all that you have mm-hmm. and give it to the poor and follow me what did he do did he fall to his knees and say, yes, I'm a sinful man? No, he walked away. Mm-hmm. He walked away. And that's sad because, you know, we we realize that it's the law of God. When we understand the law of God, it should pierce our hearts and show us, you know, it puts us in that dilemma where how can I, a sinner, be justified before a holy and righteous God who I know in and of myself, I cannot fulfill the law. I can't walk this this out perfectly. How do I how do I do that? The how else but the cross? Mm. Absolutely, most definitely. Um, yeah. So, like, what what do you think about the cross? That 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 should matter to you. Mm-hmm. That should matter to you greatly. For you know to to think that. Your salvation rests in anything else is completely absurd. You know, it's more than just wooden crosses. It's more than just pictures of of crosses and and the symbols of crosses. It's knowing that the perfect Savior died on a wooden tree, mm. um, and his life for the glory of God was crushed. Mm. Uh, to appease the Father's wrath, um, the wrath that is that is for those that don't repent of their sins, that don't trust in the work of Christ. Um, Christ made that way of reconciliation, mm-hmm. and that that is that is vital. That is important um, that we think about upon these things. Right. Um, as much as we think of death, you know, I mean, a lot of us think we're just going to live forever and. Um, we're not, you know, no, we're not matters to know where we're going to go and 
when we right leave. exactly because I mean there's some people that think that kind of I mean I I look at it this way I mean I've encountered people that you know you talk about death and it's like ah eh, whatever you know if I go I go but the question is yeah you wait whether you go you go but where where do you go you know there's that's and that's another important aspect of the cross is we have that through the cross we have that assurance through the blood of Christ on the cross we have assurance of eternal life you know we so long as we are we repent because we know that repentance comes before faith we repent of our sins and we believe in the cross of Christ in the crucifixion not only that but his resurrection because it's without the resurrection we understand there would be no church mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. so in believing in in that you know then we have access to God once again and you know our our the relationship that we had that was broken back in the garden through Adam's uh, sin is restored because of Christ, because of the cross, because of the lamb that was slain, that was promised, you know, in Genesis 3.15. And as part of the will of God that was foreordained as well. Hmm. So the cross shows us that God became man to take upon himself the punishment of our sins, um, even more, even more so that that Christ, the perfect in his life of righteousness, the God Man, um, he enables he by his work on the cross, he, he gives us the righteousness that we, an alien righteousness that we don't have, and it's graciously and freely given to us, and. Um, this this transaction of that occurs to those who believe on Jesus Christ and is whole and is holy and completely of grace and not in any way deserved by us. Mm-hmm. So the cross shows shows us the seriousness of sin um, and that God would sacrifice sacrifice His own Son, sacrifice Christ, um, mm. but also shows. Um, shows us the weight of our sins and also shows the magnitude of God's mercy mm. that God would offer his son for us um, who in no way we deserve the mercy of God. We don't mm-hmm. We don't deserve any mercy. We don't deserve any grace. Um, it's unmerited favor that he... That well, he if, we deserved it, it wouldn't, if we deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. We deserve hell. We deserve wrath. Uh, we deserve damnation, and Christ has made a way to reconcile us to God, the Father, through the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is the ultimate display of God's glory. Um, it, it's it's Him reconciling the world to Himself because of sin. How sin has completely separated us from God. Um, God made a way. Uh, he made it possible. Um, and, and the cross uh, of Christ should be our single treasure and our pursuit and our single love. You know, um, it, our boast should only be in the cross. Our boast should only be in the glory of Christ. Uh, Piper says, only boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. This is a single idea, a single goal 
for life, a single passion, only boast in the cross. The word boast can be translated exalt in or rejoice in, only exalt in the cross of Christ, only rejoice in the cross of Christ. Paul says, let this be your single passion, your single boast and joy and exaltation. Um, that should be our heart and our and our view of the cross is, is because we deserve to die this, the sinner's death. Mm. We deserve to have the dregs of God's wrath poured out upon us. And Christ bore that wrath. Christ took the full dregs of God's wrath. Mm. Um, and it was poured upon him. Um, and he willingly did it. And he did all of that, not not for for our glory, not for um, the main purpose of our um, our glory. No, he did it for the glory of God and and the the glory of the Father um, yeah. solely. You know, nothing. Um, it is of first importance uh, to Christ that God would be God the Father would be glorified. In this, mm. um, and, and and that Michael W. Smith song is a bunch of garbage Which when he one? says, uh, uh, um, "And uh, above all, he thought of me." Or oh, he thought that of me song. above all. No, he yeah. thought of I used to love the that glory song. of the Father above that all. That song would have me in tears every time. <laughs> oh God, thought of me. I can't believe you in tears of repentance. It, it should have. It should have. Yeah, for my pride in thinking that. <laughs> Oh, I'm about to trip over a cord here. Hold on. That's funny. <laughs> don't, don't die. <laughs> we don't got no space here. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, so going back to my point about the, uh, I know I mentioned the cross being foreordained. Um, again, in the book, The Cross by J.C. Ryle. Um, I don't know. It's, this book is so good. It really blessed me and helping my understanding of how we see the cross and how how central it is because there's there's some like again you probably heard this before that come from Pentecostal charismatic background the the reason why those I believe those churches exist is because those are they've gotten they've gone beyond the cross like they're not dwelling on the cross I I, I mean yes they dwell as, on the cross as an entry point but that's like elementary. Like let's get past this. Let's go to spiritual gifts. Let's go to speaking in tongues and let's do the let's go to laying on the hands and healing the sick. Let's go on. And then the cross gets pushed to the background when it should be in the foreground. It should be in front of us at all times because that's what reminds us that all those spiritual gifts and, and, and all that stuff that we're running after would not have been possible had it not been for the cross. Mm-hmm. So if anybody that comes from that Pentecostal word of faith background, I pray that you hear me and hear hear that for real because it's it's vital in our Christianity and our walk with Christ that we remember that is all of grace, that is all because of the cross that we are here, that we are who we are by the grace of God alone. Mm. Anyway, so I'm going to read uh, an excerpt here from J.C. Rao about um, the cross being foreordained. And I'm trying to figure out where to start. Let's see. I'm going to start from the beginning because this is so good. I'm just going to read the whole thing. 
Okay. I w- it won't take long, I promise. I'll read fast. <laughs> anyway, uh, beginning th- at the beginning of the chapter, he says, I feel that I must say something on this point because of the ignorance that prevails about it. Basically, why all Christians should glory in the cross of Christ. He says, I suspect that many see no peculiar glory and beauty in the subject of Christ's cross. On the contrary, they think it painful, humbling, and degrading. They do not see much profit in the story of his death and sufferings. They rather turn from it as an unpleasant thing. I believe that such persons are quite wrong. I cannot stand with them. I believe it is an excellent thing for us to be continually dwelling on the cross of Christ. It is a good thing to be reminded often of how Jesus was betrayed into the hands of wicked men, how they condemned him with the most unjust judgment, how they spit on him, scourged him, beat him, crowned him with thorns, excuse me, how they led him forth as a lamb to the slaughter without his murmuring or resisting, how they drove the nails through his hands and feet and set him up on Calvary between two thieves, and how they pierced his side with a spear, mocked him in his suffering, and let him hang there naked and bleeding until he died. Yes, it is a good thing to be reminded of all these things. It was not by accident that the crucifixion was described is described four times in the New Testament. There are very few things that all four writers of the Gospels describe. Generally speaking, if Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell a thing in our Lord's history, John does not tell it. But there is one thing that all four describe most fully, and that one thing is the story of the cross. This is a telling fact and not to be overlooked. People seem to forget that all Christ's sufferings on the cross were foreordained. They did not come on him by chance or accident. They all pl- they were all planned, counseled, and determined from all eternity. The cross was foreseen in the provisions for the salvation of sinners. In the purposes of God, the cross was set up from everlasting. Not one throb of pain did Jesus feel. Not one precious drop of blood did Jesus shed, which had not been appointed long ago. Mm. This is another... I'll, I'll read one more sentence and I'm done. Sorry. Infinite wisdom planned that redemption should be by the cross. Infinite wisdom brought Jesus to the cross in due time. He was crucified by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. So it was God's plan from the beginning, from his love and his mercy and his grace to save those who would believe. Gives us hope. It gives definitely gives us hope. I mean, I, I see no hope in anything else. I mean, granted, some people argue, well, there's other religions and no other religion. I mean, do you your research. God sacrificing himself. You will not see any other religion where God himself sacrifices himself for his people. Mm-hmm. Any other religion is works-based. The mm-hmm. only religion is Christianity, which is grace-based. Mm-hmm. That the God himself that we... Mm-hmm trust and believe, came to us, lived among us, walked among us, and died for us. Mm. I, I I don't know. I beg to differ with anyone else. <laughs> Who are you? Luther has said, um, it does a person no good to recognize God in his glory and majesty unless he recognizes him in the humility and shame of the cross. Mm. So basically he's saying... Um, when we look at the cross, 
we can truly understand who God is and apply that understanding to the rest of the world. That is the that is kind of our our worldview through the cross as Christians. Um, see, we can we can look at suffering of this world and, and and see not only the sadness that comes with it, but we can see that the God who has become a man of a man of sorrows, right? Um, hmm. And that we can have joy of eternity. Um, you know, we can have hope, and yet because Christ has done this, it doesn't mean life is going to be easy. It doesn't mean we're going to suffer. Well, absolutely you know, for, not. Christ Himself says that we need to take up our cross. I mean, we can go through church history him. and trace all yeah. those who have suffered for Christ's sake. I mean, it was basically a forbidden religion. Christ didn't ever say your best life now. Right? No, He definitely said your best life now. He said, "Take up your cross and follow That's me." And that means and many, many died for the sake for the sake of this cross that we're yeah. with, that we're talking about. Many have died. Many have given their lives. Many have counted their lives as forfeit. I will forfeit my life. Then, rather than betray my Lord who died for me, you know. So That's, I, I, I don't know. That makes it it's, more bearable. It more, knowing, not the I, God. For me, yeah, not so. I wouldn't say so much bearable. I'd say beautiful. Yeah. That to me makes it yeah. beautiful. Beautiful it's, and bearable. Beautiful and bearable. <laughs> okay, we'll go with both. <laughs> Just seeing the fact that, or and knowing the fact that Christ suffered, does not compare to any suffering we go through. No. Christ took on the worst imaginable suffering. Yeah. He literally went through hell on the cross. That was that was a display of hell of his life uh being taken and and him being tortured and beaten and bruised and mm. forsaken upon the cross. And no amount of suffering can even compare to the work of cross and what we we suffer and what we go through um, no. it should give us hope, should no. give us, uh, make life bearable to know that, that because of the suffering that we do go through as Christians, it, it's God sanctifying us and drawing us to himself, Indeed. um, to rely, um, our, our hopes and our, um, uh, hearts on God, who is the source of our joy, mm-hmm. who is uh, the one that um, you know heals our wounds and our sorrows, mm-hmm. um, and, and nothing that we can do, no amount of strength that we can do can can change that. Um, it is Him and Him alone um, hmm. that does that. That's it. There's, I mean. Uh, Going back to suffering, again, I'm going back to J.C. Ryle, I can't go wrong with that, but uh, he writes here, people seem to forget that all Christ's sufferings were endured voluntarily, voluntarily and of his own free will. He was under no compulsion. Of his own choice, he laid down his life. Of his own choice, he went to the cross to, the, to finish the work he came to do. He might easily have summoned legions of angels with a word and scattered Pilate and Herod and all of their armies like chaff before the wind. But he was a willing sufferer. He was willing to endure what he endured. And most of us want to give up and pack pack it in, you know. I mean, I'll admit I've had moments like that, you know. But to know that, that Christ willingly being 
God himself willingly went and offered himself to be killed for our sake. Mm. I'll keep reading. Um, let's see. He was willing. He was a willing sufferer. His heart was set. His heart was set on the salvation of sinners. Mm. Meditate on that for a moment. Think about that. He endured what he endured with his mind and his heart set on on our salvation. His mind was like, man, I can't wait to get this done so I can get back to the glory of the Father. Mm. No, not to make light of that, not to make you know joke out of it, but in all seriousness, his mind was on the salvation of sinners. How could we not be broken over our sin just for that fact alone? He was resolved to open a fountain for all sin and uncleanness by shedding his own blood. When I think of all this, I need, I see nothing painful or disagreeable in the subject of Christ's cross. On the contrary, I see wisdom and power, peace and hope, joy and gladness, comfort and consolation. Yeah. Wow. You might have to do a second episode on the cross. <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I, we have to get Isaiah 53. Um, of course. That's a given. <laughs> I mean... The suffering servant. Yes, Let's absolutely. Go. I mean, he's... He says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Mm. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we were healed. Mm. You know, it's his work and his work alone. You know, he was crushed for our iniquities. We deserve to be crushed. We deserved to uh, die that death that he died on the cross. Yeah. Uh, but he he did it he for us. He really endured it. He endured it. Yeah. Another quote by Ryle. He says, I look, I look at the cross of Christ. I look at the cross of Christ and there I see that sin. Hold on. Uh, uh, uh. I might get choked up on this. I'm sorry. Hmm. I look at the cross of Christ and there I see that sin is so black and damnable that nothing but the blood of God's own son can wash it away. Mm. <laughs> that that should be our heart. Mm. That should be our posture. Yeah. That we see our own sin and realize that God's own Son had to be the one to take it all away. We can't. We can't work our way to heaven. We can't be. We can no ways be good enough. We can no ways help Granny across the street. We can no ways feed. We can feed the entire world poor people. We can 
you know, donate as much money to as many charities as you possibly can. But none of that will wash your sins away. None of it. Mm. I'll repeat what I read. Looking at, I look at the cross of Christ and there I see that sin is so black and damnable. Not, not looking outside of, of myself. Not looking outside at the world and oh, look at how sinful they are. Look at how, how terrible the world is and how sinful the world is. No, we need to start looking in our own hearts and see how black and damnable our own sins are. Mm. And to know that nothing but the blood of God's own son can wash it away. Nothing. Mm. You know, and, and that's what makes the cross so, so beautiful. And Ryle says, depend upon it, the cross of Christ, the death of Christ on the cross to make atonement for sinners. Mm -hmm. It is the center truth in the whole Bible. Indeed it is, man. I mean, mm -hmm. everything points, everything points to it. I mean, we can go through biblical theology and starting from Genesis, going through Exodus, going, going through Genesis, the beginning of All things, points. and pointing to, you know, like I said, Genesis 3.15, pointing to the one who would crush the serpent's head while his bruised head... Ugh, I can't get the heel and the bruise. Right? <laughs> while his heel is being bruised to Exodus, the, the children of Israel being delivered out of Egypt. And, um, you know, and the giving of the law, Leviticus, all the laws and regulations, the ceremonial law, the, 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 um, the civil law. All those laws being given to show the holiness and righteousness and goodness of God. Um, going through to, to numbers, which is, I don't know what numbers is all about. <laughs> I ain't no theologian. Anyway. But, and then going through Deuteronomy where he repeats the law and explains to the children of Israel what's going to happen before they go into the land. Because as soon as they go into the land, guess what happened? Judges. Mm -hmm. Well, Joshua and then Judges. But anyway. Mm -hmm. But all of that, all of that, all of that, the prophets calling Israel back to repentance, going calling them back to and pointing them to the law and showing them, trying to show them their sinfulness, warning them of the judgment of God that's coming upon them, that they were going to be, you know, basically taken out of their land and taken captivity. Because of their unfaithfulness to the God who had, you know, made covenant with them. Mm -hmm. So, and anyway, and all that, going through all that, and then finally coming to Christ and Him living out the righteous life and fulfilling all righteousness and, and showing the kingdom of God and the mercy in God, mercy of God and the love of God. I mean, right now we're reading, um, uh, gentle and lowly explaining the heart of Christ and how he was he was gentle and he was humble and his heart was was a heart of compassion for for those who suffered and the sinners that he came to die for mm. and then him dying on the cross you know making atonement for our sins being the propitiation for our sins and and then the resurrection shall I go on <laughs> you're not stopping me <laughs> no I, anyway it's all good so yeah, um, 
All that to say that the cross is beautiful. Yeah. And we Kevin, need to glory in the cross. Go Kevin ahead. Kevin Van Hooser. Um, you sure you pronounce his name right? Don't butcher his name. He might be listening. He might be. Um, and I think <laughs> the name book, wrong. the Oxford Handbook of Reformed Theology, um, this chapter, um, he states, um, and I quote, Sinners own, owe the author of life nothing less than life itself. Jesus shed blood, a sign of life given, consecration to the uttermost, wholehearted submission indicates that covenant relationship have been put right. A righteousness has been revealed from heaven in Christ. So the Son makes things right, makes the creator-creature relationship right by taking onto himself the consequences of sin. In particular, the sanction, the sanctions for covenant disobedience. Mm-hmm. Not only physical death, but separation from God. It is by thus covering our sins, hiding unrighteousness from God's sight, by taking it away that Jesus' death satisfies God's holy justice and just holiness. Mm. The cross Can you go back and read that? Can you go back and read that one more time? Which part? It is... Thus, it is by thus covering our sins, hiding unrighteousness from God's sight, by taking away that Jesus' death satisfies God's holy justice and just holiness. His holy justice and just holiness. The Mm. cross propitiates God by expiating sin. Jesus' sacrificial death corresponds to satisfaction for us. Because it satisfies not only God's justice, but the sum total of God's perfections. Mm-hmm. What what met on the cross are not justice and mercy alone, but love, wisdom, patience, goodness, freedom, and all other divine attributes as well. And he finally says, the cross is where God acts lovingly to make things right in a way that draws on the fullness of the divine perfections. That's... Absolutely wonderful. And again, that's um, Kevin Van Hooser in the Oxford Handbook of Reformed Theology. Mm. Um, it's, it's from chapter 29. Um, that's good. Redemption, uh, redemption accomplished. Atonement. That's good. Um, I like how, how Pastor Adam pointed out today, going back to the long gospel, how in the Romans 7, he talks about how the law, oh, I gotta read, where's Romans chapter 7, I gotta read the actual verse to kind of get the, get back to just what he said, verses 6 through 12, I'll read through it, um, he says, what then shall, shall we say that the law is sin by no means, yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said you shall not covet. But sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I w- was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment deceived me. And through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. So I was trying to 
think about what he was, do you remember what he was saying about the, how the law, oh my gosh, I hate getting <laughs> stuck in my brain. <laughs> uh, it's a sign of aging. Sorry. Old man Anthony. Yeah, man. I'll be 47 on Tuesday, so. Yeah, Lloyd Jones, um, anyway, quoted that. I'll let you, you will... pick it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I lost never... my thought. <laughs> It's all good. It happens. Um, you will never know God as Father except by Jesus Christ, and in particular oh, by His death yes, upon the cross. I remember that quote. Look there, gaze, meditate, survey the wondrous cross, and then you will see something of Him. Uh, how can you not see God the Father in um, Christ Jesus? I mean, you see the. Not only do you see his majesty and his glory, um, that is one of the most glorious things Christ has ever done was to die on the cross as a perfect and sinless, spotless lamb. Um, Anthony's going to redeem himself. I'm going to redeem myself. I found it. Okay. Anyway. All right. So you said was... About what Paul, he said, what happened to Paul that so transformed his view of the law that all of a sudden he can state that he never really knew it before. What happened to him for the first time in his life, well, basically, what happened to him is in going through what the law had done, what happened to him is that he met Jesus, mm. right? Mm -hmm. He actually met Jesus. It's not that he, and so that changed him in showing that the law that he, followed all his life as a Jew and as a Pharisee changed him internally yeah. so that's basically what I'm saying is that that's an effect of what the cross does is like we, it exposes our sinfulness exposes mm -hmm. our sin I mean that's what the law does but when it comes to the cross and we see it and the cross shows it that it's not something that <gasps> oh my goodness excuse me sorry that we do externally, it's not behavior modification. Like, you know, me and uh, Denise were talking earlier about this, like from our past experience in church is like, it was legalistic. It was more, don't do this, mm -hmm. do this, don't do this, do this. It was more legalistic. It was like behavior modification, but still that inner most part of me still had that desire to sin. If, you know, more than I should. Like, my love for Christ was then not enough to keep me from wanting to continue in my sin. Um, so, we, in talking about that, we just basically came that it was just behavior modification. It wasn't that, that we were, our sin was exposed through the, the preaching of the law. It was mm -hmm. more, you know, if you know you know you're a sinner yeah how do i know i'm a sinner we can only know we're a sinner like it says in Romans 7 through the law mm -hmm. and then once our hearts are exposed to the law and we see the exceeding sinfulness of our sin then we have that the cross is what comes and gives us the grace to believe on the death of christ and realize and believe that that's what atones for our sin and there's no other way but through the cross to have our sins um, washed away. Mm. 
Amen. But that was what, that's the thought that I lost. I found it. Don't worry, Adam. Your sermon will be back on your desk after tonight. I'll make sure Anthony puts it on there. You snitch. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yes, I wanted to quote him accurately. I didn't want to butcher and paraphrase what he said. Yeah. Which I did anyway, but <laughs> love you, Pastor Adam. Um, yeah, Martin Luther says no theology is genuinely Christian which does not arise from and focus on the Oof. cross. Wow. I would, I would say, you know, <laughs> main, it's, our theology is is centered upon the atonement and the work of Christ um, because it's the gospel mm-hmm. you know we we can't talk about sin and not talk about the cross we can't talk about grace and not talk about the cross we can't even talk about the gospel without talking about the cross of Christ um, you can't talk about either way exactly yeah. You know, there's you can't leave out the cross cuz one goes to it and the one one flows from it. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop laughing at me, Sam. Uh well, maybe one day Anthony would be quoted like Martin Luther. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to die and be forgotten. <laughs> that Christ would be and that Christ would be glorified. That's glorified. all. Absolutely. Oh man! Indeed, so, indeed. A few more Ryle, J.C. Ryle quotes. I have. Uh, he he, pretty much lays out different. Um, I guess how I read this is like different areas where the the cross um, basically points out what the cross is, and this is his I guess exposition of it. Uh, one point he says the cross is the grand peculiarity. Of the Christian religion. The cross is the grand peculiarity of the Christian religion, meaning that other religions have laws and moral precepts, forms and ceremonies, rewards and punishments, but other religions cannot tell us of a dying Savior. They cannot show us the cross. This is the crown and glory of the gospel. This is that special comfort that belongs to it alone. Miserable indeed is that religion teaching which calls itself Christian but contains nothing of the cross, which is a lot of Christianity today. I mean, there's a lot of preaching, men who are preaching, who are not preaching the cross. Mm. And that is a a wicked thing for me to think that, that you would, that you would dare to stand before a congregation and not preach mm. the cross of Christ. Anyway... A man who teaches in this way might as well profess to explain the solar system but tell his hearers nothing about the sun. That's a good illustration. Basically, that's that's a good one. Another one, he says, the cross is the strength of a minister. I, for one, would not be without it for all the world. I would feel like a soldier without arms, an artist without his pencil, a pilot without his compass, or a laborer without his tools. Let others, if they desire, preach the law and morality. Let others hold forth the terrors of hell and the joys of heaven. Let others drench their congregations with teachings about the sacraments and the church. But give me the cross of Christ. 
This is the only lever that has ever turned the world upside down and, men, and made men forsake their sins. And if the preaching of the cross will not do this, nothing will. And to speak upon your part of where he, where you were saying that not enough men preach Christ, Spurgeon has said, no Christ in your sermon, sir, then go home go and home. never preach again yeah. until you have something worth preaching. Because there's nothing, there's worth, nothing preaching worth preaching if you're not preaching Christ. the cross. Exactly. I mean, and him crucified. There's, uh, what was it, earlier today, I was, you know, walking, walking through YouTube, scrolling through YouTube, and we came up, <laughs> anyway, scrolling through YouTube, because I, no, because what happened, let me explain my, my thought process with that, with that blunder there, okay, because scrolling sounds like strolling, and strolling, so you're is strolling, a, through strolling through. is a form of walking, okay, that being said, anyway, so, we're scrolling through YouTube, we found a video about some guy preaching about um, trophy wives, I don't know. It's, it, I think it's pretty much. I don't know if it's been viral, but it's a. Uh, I think he's a preacher in Missouri, and he was basically saying that if we that he was basically preaching to the women, saying that they need to be attractive in order for their men to. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like they need to look like they need to be trophy wives, like Melania Trump, basically. <laughs> oh, it was terrible, but. That's just an a, an example of what's out there today. Not to mention people like, you know, Stephen Furtick and Joel Osteen and yeah. those guys who you know pretty much from pump people full of hot air and tell them that their life's going to be great and mm. God's going to do this for you and God's going to do that for you, making promises that God did not make. Mm -hmm. You know, so and totally just. Ignoring the cross, ignoring scripture, ignoring what God says, mm. you know, but I don't want to get on that tangent. The cross is the secret of the missionary success. This is a, a good one for, for our missionary brothers and sisters. The cross is the secret of the missionary success. Nothing but this has ever moved the hearts of the heathen. As the cross has been lifted up, missions have prospered. This is the weapon that has won victories over hearts of every kind in every quarter of the globe. From Greenlanders, Africans, South Sea Islanders, Hindus, <coughs> and Chinese have all felt its power. Just as that huge iron tube which crosses the Menai Straits is more affected and bent by half an hour's sunshine than by all the dead weight that can be placed in it, so in like manner the hearts of savages have melted before the cross. When every other argument could move them no more than stones, brethren said in a North American Indian after his conversion, I have been a heathen. I know how heathens think. Once a preacher came and began to explain to us that there was a God, but we told him to return to the place from whence he came. Another preacher came and told us not to lie, nor steal, nor drink, but we did not heed him. At last, another came into my hut one day and said, I am come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven and earth to let you know that he will make you happy and deliver you from misery. For this end, he became a man, gave his life a ransom, and shed his blood for sinners. I could not forget his words. I told them to the other Indians, and an awakening began among us. I say, therefore, preach the sufferings and death of Christ our Savior, if you wish your words to gain entrance among the heathen. Never indeed did the devil triumph so thoroughly as when he persuaded the Jesuit missionaries in China to keep back 
the story of the cross. Mm-hmm. So even in missions, when we want to reach those who, because it, it, the cross transcends boundaries, you know, because that's what, that's how Christ is calling all nations to himself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, last one is the cross is the foundation of a church's <clears throat> prosperity. No church will ever be honored in Christ. I mean, sorry. No church will ever be honored in which Christ crucified is not continually lifted up. Nothing whatever can make up for the lack of the cross. Without it, all things may be done decently and in order. Without it, there may be splendid ceremonies, beautiful music, music, beautiful music, gorgeous churches, learned ministries, crowded communion tables, and huge collections for the poor. But without the cross, no good will be done. Dark hearts will not be enlightened. Proud hearts will not be humbled. Mourning hearts will not be comforted. And fainting hearts will not be cheered. So the cross is very vital to all those areas, even to the unity of the church. He points out um, Galatians 3.28, which says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. The cross reconciles even those of different uh, ethnicities and things like that. Another one is uh, Colossians 3.11 where he says where there's, there is neither Jew nor Greek, again, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian nor Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Mm. And how is that? Through the cross. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So we can't speak of unity even mm-hmm. without the cross within the, within the church. Because that's what unites us as as believers, right? Is yeah. the cross. Yep. Hmm. I mean, it's the gospel. That's the one common denominator that we have as sinners saved um, by the grace of God through Christ and His work on the cross. Um, that there was no other gospel that was preached to us. That there was no other gospel that saved us. It's that gospel that we find in, in Scripture of Christ and Christ alone mm-hmm. um, being the atonement, uh, being uh, his work of propitiation of our sins, um, him being the complete and perfect sacrifice upon our behalf, yeah. uh, redeeming us. I mean, he he not only defeated de- uh, sin, he defeated death. Yeah, indeed. Um, and in his resurrection, we have victory over death. Yeah. Uh, one day to think upon that. When you think about the cross, you think about his resurrection also. That um, that he has rose from the dead he's completely defeated it and he's dethroned it and he's really not only released us from sin and the slavery of sin um he's freed us from that but he's conquered death that when we die mm-hmm. we will be, be released from that slave master of death yeah um i mean that was paul's also central message in in Romans. pretty much all of his letters yeah for the most part was the cross mm absolutely so we cannot we cannot ignore it we cannot overlook it we cannot whatever the word to look past the cross um we can't do those things and call ourselves believers because it is the cross that makes us 
believers, you know. So um, we've been going at this for an hour. Did you want to conclude and maybe continue to do another episode on this? Well, I think we need to, um, you know, we need, we still need to ask the question, what does the cross mean to you? Yeah. Like, I mean, you can't, you can't look at it and come away with your own interpretations Interpretation, right? of it. You have to look at it and see the beauty of it and the glory of God the Father. Yeah. It's um, like the cross is not alone in itself out in the ether. It's not, the cross comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. There was a source to it and the cross is, you know you, you see people walking around with jewelry with the cross and earrings with the cross where does that cross come from what does that cross mm-hmm. mean and I think yeah it is important that we touch on that like what does it mean yeah. to when do you people? when you look at the cross does it lead you to worship does it lead you to right. find salvation in Christ right um, versus like because... to ward off vampires <laughs> <laughs> It's not I know you're a garlic brother. Ward up some vampires. Hey, watch it, dog. Throw in a couple crosses. Hey, let's not bring a mint, man. If you're gonna talk about my breath, man, don't do that. Um, Yo, put put me out there like that. But in all honesty, like your your view of the cross, I mean it. Are you just going to look at it as a horrible, despicable, bloody mess, mm. or are you going to see the beauty in it? Your view of the cross, your view of Christ, all those things are vital. Like understanding, because all those things. Your view of sin, right? All those things. Your sin killed. You know, took Christ to the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, it's we killed Christ. Um, Oh man! And that's a heavy thought. So I think we might have to. Do another episode because I'm I'm loving this talking about the cross. I could go probably do make four probably do four episodes. Four episodes. That's pushing. We shall see. We shall see. But yeah, we'll definitely do a second one on the cross. There's still a lot that we can say about it. Um, I think we kind of freestyled it this time, but we'll probably do something a little bit more uh, more not academic. Help me. A little bit more structured, structured. Yeah. yeah, on the on the subject um, for the next episode and yeah. kind of help people along. But hopefully this this episode helped uh, you to think about it. You know, get it talk talk about it with your families, your whoever. Um, like I said, the, the the cross is is vital. It's vital to our lives. It's vital to our salvation. It's, yeah. it's vital to our eternity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what we. What we know about it, how we our attitude towards it, um, and what it signifies, what leads us to it, what flows from it. Yeah. You know, the cross of Christ, the 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 his his willing sacrifice for us on our behalf, taking upon himself the wrath of God for lawbreakers like us, mm-hmm. um, who sin against God break his laws and offend him to the point that we deserve wrath that we would deserve that we deserve apart from Christ we we deserve hell and um, apart from Christ I know for myself I apart from Christ I would be if I were to die today I would be in hell for eternity mm-hmm. but God in his 
mercy sent his son to live the life that we could never live he lived a life of righteousness and mm-hmm. fulfilling all righteousness and um the one that could completely obey the law completely obeyed his own law mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> his own law and went to uh, was tried was betrayed was tried unjustly and and crucified mm-hmm. for us so how could we think on such things and talk on such things and not be moved mm-hmm. to at least consider them i mean for me it moved me to tears but beyond my tears i see the glory and the beauty of that cross which has brought me to where me and sam are today so mm. i'm done <laughs> no and, and uh, think think on these things um you know what what is your thoughts on the cross how does the knowing the beauty of Christ and him crucified and, that, and that's the thing of this podcast we have nothing to offer you but Christ that's it um and him crucified don't expect no com- comedy cuz <laughs> we're not comic geniuses for, for by no means <laughs> no and, and you know uh, there's many other podcasts out there you can listen to and honestly quite better um but you know, we want to offer you Christ. We want to offer you Christ of the Scripture. We want to offer you the Word of God. Um, we want to offer you good, solid biblical truth. Because um, there's no other means of salvation but through Christ and Christ alone, um, by His grace alone. Um, uh, do we want to probably give them some resources, maybe? Yeah. Uh, they could uh, read on the subject of the cross. Yeah. Some of you might already know some. I know one popular one is the Cross of Christ by John, John Stott. Stott. Yep. Um, the one you read. The one that I read. I basically <laughs> have the book. I mean, it's a real skinny book. It's like yeah. like a quarter, not even a quarter inch thick. It's real. It's quote, like, quote. This is going to be the reading hour of J.C. Rowe, the Cross of Christ. Pretty Project much. By all right. All right. All right. And Enough almost the voice of Max <laughs> McLean. <laughs> Baritone voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, The Cross by J.C. Ryle uh, is a good book. It's a short book. It's only three chapters, but it's a good read. Lloyd-Jones. Lloyd-Jones. Sermons on the Cross. Sermons on the Cross. Uh, if you can... Um, Redemption Accomplished Implied by yes, John Murray. John Murray. Uh, death of Death and the Death of Christ by John Owen yeah. is a good one. Um, try to pick one up in modern English because it's the original is in... Um, in the older seventeenth uh, century mm-hmm. English, so it's a little bit hard to read. But if you can, if you if you put the work in, you can read it and understand, it and it's, it'll it'll bless you. Um, so there's many out there. There's articles on desiring God and mm-hmm. all kinds of resources out there to help you um, understand the cross and and all that. Like Sam said, we're just a resource. You know, supplemental. a supplemental part of the talk min- to your the master min- yes a supplemental a supplemental ministry of the church and so talk to your pastors your elders you know if there's anything that we said that you don't agree with too bad no I'm just kidding I'm kidding <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding that's a joke sorry 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 no um but yeah I mean you can ask us you can ask your pastor um but yeah we're not 
when I end We have yet to receive an email from you. I know. Send us an email, tether to the cross at gmail.com. We're not uh we will answer you. Yes. I do check the emails. Just clicked and junk mail. You just got a lot of <laughs> clickbait and spam. So reach out. Talk to us. We're lonely. Just kidding. Please let us know how we can be praying for you. Yes. Uh, let us how know we how we can pray for you. Serve yeah. you. And even if you have topics that you want us to talk about. Oh, know, absolutely. We can, we can think we, through those. We'll probably and think through, through those. And talk about them. Address them. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we, we keep on, Lord willing, to get this train rolling and chugging along. Yes, sir. This is what? Episode, episode 5. Episode 5. Well, praise God that the Lord has brought us this far. I'm grateful. Absolutely. Well, other than that, guys, um, thank you for listening to Tether the Cross. Uh, again, I am Sam Knox. I am Anthony D. Valle. No, Anthony Del Valle. Del Valle. They're Spanish, not French. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. Um, again, thank you guys. Uh, we hope you have a great rest of the week. And Anthony and I will be praying for you all. Um, we don't know who's listening, but we know there are listeners. We just pray for our listeners. <laughs> we pray for our listeners. Um, again, guys, this this is always fun. I enjoy doing this with Anthony. Um, again, this is all to the glory of God. Amen. Um, and... With that being said, have a great one, guys. Everyone have a great one. Until the next episode, see ya. Peace out.